how, how many times have, have you seen the bloodline all absolutely cannot contain a laugh in the ring <coughs> when we're in front of a sold-out arena with, with worldwide live television cameras on us? Sammy brings a dynamic that none of us were prepared for, and we're prepared for everything. And what Sammy also brings is a connection with the audience that none of us can have because we've been too busy being the top act in the entire industry for over two years. And Sammy, to me, from my perspective, and from the Tribal Chief's perspective, represents the member of the audience who gets his one chance to step into the ring and live out his dream, and does it so well every week that we say, do you mind coming back next Friday? We'd love to have you as part of the act. And that's who Sammy has become. He's the guy that was gonna get a guest spot on a TV series, and he ends up being part of the cast because he's just so damn passionate and so good at what he does. That was nice. The Top of Wrestling with your hosts, ODM A.D. Professor. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. His mother named Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything about him. <laughs> the only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Our impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. It is I, the Professor, Mark Fantasia, welcoming you to another episode of The Top of Wrestling. Appreciate you joining us, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We do appreciate when you subscribe, you like, and you share. I am just going to dive right in before I even tell you what's going on with today's show. Some, they might call him a friend. Some call him a family member. Some call him Joe. Some call him ODM. But, you know what we call him? The champion, baby. He is ODM, the champion of the IFW Season 8, I believe is where we're at now. We four-peated. He went for his second championship. Welcome, the champ. The champ is here. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about it today. 
I am the only person to ever hold both the Kelly and the current IFW title. Ooh. And now, all right, so this is funny. Now, we are definitely sending this episode to them because this is just, this was too easy. The best part, Tiger ends up in last place. <laughs> Hashtag undercrew. To the girl that gave up during the draft. It's like, I don't even care. Someone just pick for me. <laughs> That's so awesome. Dude, I was cracking up as soon as I saw a Survivor Series that she had like, I don't know, like 70-something points. I was like, she won, I believe, with, uh, I think she had a lot of the bloodline. So I was like, hey, man, can't complain about that. Good, good for you. I ended up in second place. And it's funny because Tiger puts out a video uh, mid-card over here saying it's a four-peat. Uh, it's not a four-peat. You didn't even uh, win this time. Joe did. I don't think you understand math and how stables work and how many times we've told you that we've been running this thing since we got here. He just wants to rob <sighs> you of your glory, that's all. You know what I want to throw down right now is a challenge. I know that I probably irritate the shit out of Tiger, and I do it for fun, man. You know I do it for fun. So I'll lay this challenge down since he is listening. Tiger, let's go career for career. If I beat you this season, you're done in the league. You beat me, I'll quit the season. I'll quit the league. Damn. Career versus career. I mean, hey. Look at you guys shouldn't invite us into this thing. We just beat everybody's asses. <laughs> yeah, I bet you they're looking back at that saying, "Why the fuck did we do this?" I like someone goes, "I think I know where I went wrong." I'm like, "Do you?" <laughs> you tried. Well, it was funny because I was trying to do the math for myself because I had like 4 out of 5 in the Brawling Brutes Owens McIntyre team. And I was like, if they win, I think I actually could possibly take first place from you. And I'm like, and I, either way, we would have won, which would have been fine. But it was just hysterical. I was like, if that happens, we'll be happy for each other. They still won't. Oh, no. Well, cheers to you, my friend. Another win. And this time you actually have the championship. Is it on your shoulder right now? Let's see. I, I was going to. The thing's kind of bulky. It was a lot bigger than the uh, than the Kelly was. But uh yeah, you know, they, they dropped it off. Uh, was it Saturday morning, Sunday morning? I forget. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was cool. Did he Took have stains pictures. all over it? <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've rubbed my balls on it a couple times. A couple, two, three times. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> let's talk about some real stuff here. Uh, we have news this week. We have Bring It to the Table. As always, we have a Wrestler of the Week. We're still going to be talking about the Monday Night Wars 25 years later and keeping our wrestling trend going with the movie of the week uh hey man go ahead what kind of news you got for us well uh the first piece of news i think is the most obvious uh thanksgiving i hope you had a wonderful thanksgiving with your family but uh you know who else had a good thanksgiving the fucking bills so hit the music the bills make me wanna shout. kick your heels up and shout. throw your hands up and shout. throw your head back and shout. come on now Making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
stat coming out of that game is Buffalo is the only team to win in the same arena back-to-back in the same week or something like that, being a home or being an away team. Also, uh, Detroit hasn't won back-to-back games in their own stadium in, since, like, the 80s. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, since the 80s. <laughs> oh, that's great. It got a little scary for a minute oh, there, but, bro. you know, it, it, it got better. The meme of Josh Allen hugging Diggs afterwards and that look on his face like, thank fucking God. <laughs> it was great. Well, dude, Diggs only had, what, like 27 yards in the fourth quarter completely. I was like, oh, boy, someone just give him the ball. Yeah, they sure did. Worked out for him. So good to see him take away the win. Hopefully we smack the shit out of the Patriots. Well, you know what? If we can do this, we have the Patriots this week. Then the next week is the Jets. And then the following week is the Dolphins. Good so that's avenging two huge losses. Yeah, let's run the table. Whew. And you know what? If you run the table and you go to the Super Bowl, you win and you're a champion, not an interim Super Bowl champion. <laughs> I got to say, Professor, you're always on point with the segues. Always on point. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Thunder Rosa has re- officially relinquished the AEW women's title. So now Jamie Hayter is the undisputed women's champion. Uh, according to Meltzer, Rosa is not going to be back until early 2023. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but they actually made a point to say that Tony Storm's uh, reign is official as an actual women's champion, not interim anymore. Right. So that's Which, that's good. Be, I'm glad for all that, and it's funny because I'm like, but then. Is Moxley a three-time champion then? No, he's a two-time champion, or however you want to call it, because what do you, or you're not counting the interim, right? Right. And, you know, I saw another piece of news where Tony Khan was discussing, you know, the, the the lengths of, you know, the interim championships, like he had some kind of formal, you know, rule. Um, and I didn't even bother reading it, because I knew it was going to be convoluted as fuck, and it would just frustrate me. So, it is what it is. At least, uh, as of now, there are no interim champions in AEW. Hopefully, it stays that way for quite some time. They should just get a guy in a fucking black bodysuit and call him vacant, and whenever somebody gets injured, that he gets the title. Woman's, men's, tag. How has no promotion done that yet? <laughs> uh, shout it's out. just occurring to me. How has no promotion ever done the wrestler vacant as a character? Well, it's hilarious because there was, uh, you know, there's another uh, wrestling YouTuber, uh, Wrestling With Regret, uh, Brian Zane. I've watched his channel a lot. Uh, good shit. He does, he does good work. Um, he did an episode on, like... Uh, Fuck, what was it? I think it was WCW from, like, 99 to 2000, and how many times Vacant was the champ. And he actually had it. I'm guessing it was himself in a black bodysuit, and he would cut promos. As va- it was fucking great. I'll send you the link. It's it's funny as fuck. I, that's, I didn't even know. That's, yeah. Never knew that. All right. Well, moving on to the next piece of news. This is just for a chuckle. Uh, Jimmy Wang Yang reveals that he accidentally got re-signed by WWE after trying to get laid. Uh, This was uh, an interview with WrestlingNews.co about his return to WWE. We've all been there. As Wang Yang in 2006. Basically what happened was he was trying to kick it to this chick. Uh, So 
he was, I guess he was trying to get tickets to WWE. He ended up backstage and Vince was like, Jimmy, how you been? He's like, all right, all right, all right. What are you up to tonight? Oh, nothing. I'm just visiting. Oh, you're not visiting? What happened? He goes, oh, well, you fired me. He goes, I did? <laughs> so they asked him to do a table spot with the Spirit Squad and Shawn Michaels. They did that. And they're like, hey, why don't you come to Raw tomorrow? Hey, why don't you come to SmackDown Friday? So it was a long-winded story. Uh, it was pretty funny to hear him talk about it, though. That's a good one, though. Right? I like that. Right? <laughs> it's funny. Got accidentally resigned. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> Vince that's like the re- first, probably and only ever of somebody who accidentally got signed by WWE. Right? Because Vince didn't remember that he fired him. <laughs> I still love that when Raven was working at W or after WCW went down, and then. I uh, no it, well did he come over to WWE before uh Nitro closed I can't remember but wherever yeah, it was right. around that time Vince didn't realize that that was Johnny Polo <laughs> That was a long time ago I'll give him a little bit of a break on that one I mean 5 years <laughs> isn't that much Oh it was more than that Well let's see 94 is when Johnny Polo was oh, there really? was that late Rutgers. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. 94, okay. and then he came back in 2001. Okay, six or seven years. But still, I mean, you kind of... It's Vince. He sees a lot of people and doesn't care about a lot of people. That is true. That is true. Well, uh, moving on to Dustin Rhodes, uh, who we'll also be talking about in the Monday Night Wars. Yeesh. Uh, he has revealed that he needs double knee replacement surgery. Um you know, he basically was doing an interview, I forget with who, but he was talking about how, you know, he doesn't want to be that guy. He doesn't want to be that guy that can't walk out, uh, you know, that has to go out in a wheelchair or something like that. Uh, he knows he needs to have both knees replaced. He's going to do it. Um, but his full-time career is definitely drawing to a close. So, you know, uh, he's one of those guys I feel like he put in a ton of work. He dealt with his own demons like a lot of wrestlers. He seems to be in a good place right now. Uh, monumental to the wrestling history as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, hopefully he can literally walk away, uh, take care of his health, and uh, he doesn't really, you know, owe wrestling anything else. So I was going to say he doesn't need to do another match, and it's not in a bad way that I'm, you know, being like, oh, he's too old, go to hang it up. He has provided some great stuff over the last couple of years that, I didn't even think was going to happen. You know, when he won the tag titles with Cody in Buffalo at Battleground, right? I thought that that was unbelievable because all of a sudden in 2013, Goldust is back in the mix. Are you shitting me? And then 2019, him and Cody tore it up and had pretty much match of the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, for me, if you just don't end up having another match, that's fine. I would just not even like get the knee surgery, and just move on. Be, do what you're doing now. I think he's a great agent. He's great for uh, the ladies' division, from what I understand, is that he's a huge help to them. So keep doing what you're doing. I, I, I have nothing but respect for him because of how he turned his life around. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's another thing that he said was he didn't, you know, he looks at Flair's last match, and he's like, no, that ain't going to be me. So, yeah, book, book, well, work with the younger talent. That's good enough. Yeah. Well, and I actually just read an interview today that he said, no, nah, I won't lie. I absolutely miss Cody, and I wish he was back here in AEW. Yep, I did um, see that. Yeah. 
Cody's in a better place. <laughs> when you look at both mm-hmm. sides of the businesses for both of them right now, I'm like, eh, he, he made the right decision. But no. speaking of Flair's last match, this past weekend, FTR tag teamed with Ricky Steamboat, and they took on, um, it was Brock Anderson, Jay Lethal, and Nick Aldis. And Steamboat and FTR won the match. It was a return of the dragon. Said yeah. to... Uh, I guess it'd you know, be a lot better than the flare match, but I mean, I think that vacant versus vacant could have put on a better match. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. What other kind of news you got? I know All I right. threw that one in there real, real slick. Yeah. So we talked about it last week and I said, well, there's really not much to report and it seems like there's still really not a lot to report, but uh, yeah. Randy Orton is not expected back. Fightful Select is reporting that he had fusion surgery in his lower back. So it, there's a lot of feeling in WWE that be, they'd be lucky to get him back. Uh, so his dude, his career might be over. <clears throat> that's, a, that's speculation. That's complete speculation. But uh, dude's body is beat up. You know, you see it a lot in the wrestling industry. Shit, we were just talking about Dustin. Uh, so, you know, best of luck to Randy Orton. Uh, he's very polarizing, but you can't, again, another guy, you can't take away his accomplishments. If he has to stop wrestling, I think he would be phenomenal in an authority kind of role, like a GM or something, because, you know, he's the buddy of Triple H, and it's you can play off of that with Evolution and the authority, and he's the new authority, because on the mic, very few can do as well as Randy Orton. And right. I, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's been consistent for years. Minus the time he had to ask Seamus, what's my line? But <laughs> other than that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I would say like a manager, you know, you could always make him a mouthpiece for, for somebody who's still kind of getting their feet under him as far as promos go. Agreed. Well, I saw you snuck one into the news, and I saw it, and I almost put it in there, and I'm like, no, nah, but I, I guess it is too funny to overlook. Uh, Mia Yim, as you know, has returned to WWE. She changed her name to Michin, which I believe is Korean, and I forget what it means. And apparently after one week, she's like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work, and now she's back to Mia Yim. Dude, it wasn't even a week. It was like three days later. Yeah. But hang on, is it my chin? <laughs> or is it me chin? I'm pretty sure it's me chin. It's not your Whatever it it's, was, it's it not was weird. Chin. And I was like, come on, man. You just came back and they said it's me a yim. And all of a sudden you're like, I'd like to be known as my chin. <laughs> Never mind. Maya yim. Mia yim. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, uh, did you get to watch all of the Survivor Series or just pretty much the main event? I pretty much, what I saw was the U.S. title and the main event. Okay, so I only missed the women's War Games match, personally. Cool, glad that it happened, I guess, but didn't I wasn't there for that. But also I had a, uh, and I'm not going fucking deep since you're going to tell me that, you know, my dad wasn't there. <laughs> but I actually did have a, an anniversary party for my parents this past Saturday, and I... All I could think about when everybody was starting to like clean up, I was like, grab tables, grab chairs, Survivor Series on. Let's go. Let's go. I'm like, I just want to catch the men's war games match. Right. I knew it was going to close. Just wanted to be able to see it. 
And so Bel Air, Becky Lynch, who was named on Friday night, the night before, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and Mia Yim, my chin Yim, defeated Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, Eo Sky, Rhea Ripley, and Nikki Cross in the War Games match, which opened it. Uh, speaking of Becky Lynch, coming back the night before on SmackDown, I had a gig that night. And for a solid hour, the bartender didn't realize that the one football game had ended or basketball game or whatever. Mm. And then Fox Sports came on with, or I mean, it was all of a sudden on Fox, uh, SmackDown comes on. And I was like, oh, please don't change it. Please don't change it. And I got to watch SmackDown for about an hour while playing the gig. I just zoned out and was just watching. I saw her return. It was, it never really get to watch wrestling when I'm playing music. Right. Uh, AJ Styles defeated Finn Balor, and that is he's now two and zero versus Balor in WWE. Most notable part for me is that they actually mention both men being leaders of the Bullet Club. Wow! Naming the Bullet Club. Wow! I like Triple H's era. Yeah, right. Already. Hell yeah. Ronda Rousey defeated Shotzi Blackheart, or apparently they dropped her Blackheart. She is just Shotzi now. Austin Theory. Now, this I didn't see happening. I got to be honest. I thought, <laughs> I really thought Seth Rollins was going to retain. Same. With the triple threat. Uh, and not only that, but I also had him in the, that that was the other thing that would have helped me win the 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 league, was because I have Seth Rollins and I also had most of the main event. But Austin Theory pulled off the upset. And look at I guess one door closes, another opens. Got rid of the money in the bank contract, and maybe this was the plan all along when they got rid of the contract. Like, look at we're gonna hand this title to you, but we can't do let's do it in the right fashion. Yeah, they definitely I almost feel like it was a hard reset. Like, listen, we're just gonna hit the brakes, go from a hundred to zero. We're gonna catch our breath for five seconds and we're gonna come back strong. Can you I think, grow a beard? I, what's that can you grow a beard i know right uh you know what i found most hilarious was he's coming out to his you know entrance theme and he's getting all hype and everything and then the dumbotron just turns to a fucking beyblade commercial i was like is that part of his entrance video or are they doing an ad during his entrance i think they messed it up well my favorite part of the match was seth rollins using Austin Theory to jump off mm-hmm. of to give a curb stomp to Bobby Lashley. Yeah, that was awesome. Dope spot. Really, really great. Um, this was not a, a full pay-per-view of matches um, because up next was your main event already. Right. It was the Bloodline defeating Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, and the Brawling Brutes. A couple notable, notable things I want to bring up. First, backstage. Now, the night before, the Brawling Brutes um, actually, it was Sheamus and Drew McIntyre tag-teamed against the Usos, and Sammy cost them the War Games advantage. So Sammy, just before I think the... I think it was before the Ronda Rousey match, Sammy is talking with Roman backstage, and he's like, I'm telling you, I'm all bloodline. And the hug that... Roman gives Sammy was like the, I knew it was you. I, you know what I mean? Like that. Like the Godfather. <laughs> you and broke shit. my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yup. 
And Sammy reveals himself to be total bloodline a couple of different times in this match by interrupting the referee's count, but then also taking out Kevin Owens and allowing Roman to get the pin. One thing I loved was that when it was time, they were about to send out Jimmy Uso, Mm -hmm. and Roman stopped him and said, Sammy's going. And Sammy looked like, oh, 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 okay, all right. And I was like, oh, this just got interesting. (coughs) All right. Yeah, and he sent Jay out first and said, you're running this. Yep. Which now means they have to form a partnership in the ring together because if not it's it's all for roman right that's what the whole proof is all about yeah and the best part was jimmy Mm -hmm. hugging sammy after the match was over and the crowd erupted yeah that was awesome best part dude i'm on board and you can't tell me that it's not looking pretty good in my eye in my uh prediction that Sammy is going to possibly be facing Roman Reigns for the title and maybe even winning. Yeah, that's where you lost me. Sammy is Sammy is one of the best things, if not the best thing on WWE TV. He might be the best thing in wrestling right now. I'm not disagreeing with that. He is the man, right. and it would make sense to put him in that position. I just don't see it. Well, I know you told me that you were you know, kind of falling asleep towards the end of the main event there. I decided to hang and keep the, uh, the on YouTube, they had the War Games press conference, which ah, is basically yes. the media scrum. And I had to listen to 15 fucking minutes of War Pigs. It just kept looping and looping and looping. And I was like, I hate Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, my God. Like, it just kept... And I don't normally hate him, but I was like, I cannot listen to this shit anymore. And then just as I was ready to turn it off, it fades, and all of a sudden it, it pops up, and they you see Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn walking out. I go, okay, I'm in. All right, I'll stay up. Great interview. Sammy just did a great job selling it all as, you know, he's, just, he's lucky to be where he's at and everything. And I read an interview today. He said, you know, his two favorite storylines in his entire career has happened this year. The Knoxville storyline and the bloodline storyline. One out of two. Dude's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, it was a great, great promo from him as well as Paul Heyman putting him over and Paul saying, you know, like this guy cracks us up when he's in the ring, you know, and he's, we're not supposed to be breaking. Like he kind of brings it up in the in the press conference, which I thought was kind of cool. So you would think that Dynamite would be ready to pack a meaningful punch, getting ready for knowing that Survivor Series was ahead of them for the weekend. Maybe AEW should maybe bulk up and do something good. Nah. Um, the Regal Moxley Brian Danielson promo. You kind of you had me and you lost me. Right. I loved Moxley's run. Don't look back. Just go. Don't look back. Run away. Don't ever come back here. Loved that part. What I didn't like was Brian Danielson getting on his knees and be like, please don't hurt him. Please don't hurt him. And, I mean, he gets into that. His dad was um, 
an alcoholic, basically much like uh, Moxley, but that's why he understands him and he understands and Regal understood him and helped him have a better relationship with his dad. It was good, but I was like, I just, really? This is what you're doing with Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson? Like, this is your, your plan? Came across way too soft and soap opera-y for me for a guy that just fucked over one of the members of the Blackpool Combat Club. Right. It didn't seem to really get anywhere near a resolution or even a path no. forward. It's just like, hey, you did this. I'm pissed off. You know what That's I mean? That's my point. Yeah, there's been a lot of chatter that uh, Regal is, this is going to be Regal's exit to WWE. But there's also um, people saying Okay, that. so what's funny is that <laughs> this is where Uncle Dave pisses me off. He even himself goes, I reported that William Regal has a one-year contract with AEW. Right. And now I, I'm learning that apparently it's three years. I'm like, so you do admit that you are a shitty reporter. Um, but what's crazy is everybody's saying one year, one year. You're saying it's a one year. He showed up at AEW Revolution in Orlando when I was there. In February. So one year wouldn't even be up anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, even now so. that I'm finding out that he has a three years, he's not going back to WWE. <clears throat> the only reason is because Triple H right. put up a, a post and saying it wouldn't be this day without this guy saying. And what 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 is that word, Joe? What, what are the words? Oh, God. It's uh... War Games! Oh, I love it. God, it's so... I, I've missed you saying it, man. I miss him saying it. Yeah, that there's that too. It's not the same. Bloody guts! <laughs> now, this was in Chicago. Yeah. This oh, dynamite. boy. Yeah. And the Death Triangle show up to face the Elite. And I was like, well, obviously, they're just going to go back, forth, back, forth. Uh, the Elite jobbed out again. In Chicago this time. Probably the smart move. Considering this crowd was chanting CM Punk. Fuck the elite. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of things. I don't know. It's funny because you hear that TBS is like, hey, could you guys tone down on your language? And the crowd is just like, fuck you. Fuck you. Right. Yeah, I'm calling my. I'm, you couldn't mute it. Yeah, I'm calling my shot now. Uh, they're going to go down 3 nothing. They're going to win the next four. Oh, 100%. They're going down 3 nothing. It's funny, though, because they keep playing with this uh, the bell keeper hammer thing. And it's, it's I don't know. I, I'm fine with it, but we don't need to keep it going. Right. But notable part is that Pat came out with the old school broken nose face mask that, like, Virgil wore. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it, he suffered a broken nose. At the pay-per-view at full gear. That happened, man, five, ten minutes into the match, and they had a good 25, 30-minute match. He, good for him, like, to keep going, because I don't know how you breathe like, and deal with all that, with all the, swe the swelling, and then come back f three, four days later and have another match. Problem is, it's exactly what we thought it would be, a spot fest. Sure. Now... Let's talk about where I don't know if it's a work or not. I keep going back and forth. 
I said MJF was a work, and I was right. He can say all he wants that he was leaving because Tony Khan wasn't paying him enough, and that was real, and blah, 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 bullshit. But this punk thing, not only does Kenny Omega bite uh, Pac's arm during the match, but he also gives a GTS to, I believe, Ray Phoenix in Chicago. The biting, obviously, having to do with the Ace Steel thing. Yeah, the biting was a little uh, over the top, if you ask me, but it doesn't surprise me that it happened. So, my point is, are they really trying to troll and get that much heat over everything? Or is is this leading to something and Punk is eventually going to return? I'd like to think that. I think we're way past it. I think it's just them being immature uh, bastard children. Okay. Hey, I'm not disagreeing with you. That's why I had to at least bring it up. Um, hey, it wouldn't be another week in AEW if someone didn't turn, turn, turn. Preston. Preston Vance turned on the Dark Order. Actually, using Brody Lee's move too, the clothesline, yeah. the, the discus lariat, uh, and aligns with Roosh. It's funny because Roosh is like, You can join my services, you could be with me. He basically is what Andrade was when he left. Like, remember, Andrade was on TV all the time, and now he's just not there anymore. I know. Because he got in that fight with Sammy. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about who is Sammy fucking? Backstage, that he is able to get away with so much shit. I mean, maybe Tony. <laughs> ah, well, look at. Sometimes you can hit a home run. Sometimes you can't. Uh, NXT. They went two for. <laughs> they went uh, two for three. One is that Shawn Michaels announced that there is going to be two different Iron Man type matches where. It's kind of uh, like the old championship scramble that happened where two competitors were start were, are going to start and every five minutes someone will filter in and each match is 25 minutes. Winner getting a championship match. They're going to do two of them, one for the men's, one for the women's. And it's the one with the most pinfalls within that 25 minutes. I'm like, which is kind of funny. You're really fucked if you come out last. Um, unless they're going to do it like someone comes in and just cleans house and gets a bunch of pins. Either way, that's kind of cool. I like the concept, something new. Then uh, Scripps was revealed to be Reggie. A mix of good and bad. I'm, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll wait till we get to bring it to the table. Cool. And then you have Dominic Dijakovac. He came back as this die jack and he attacks wesley it took i think most people in the crowd a solid minute to figure out who he was yep and i'm sorry what what did you just say a second ago he he looked like the terminator dude i couldn't figure out what he looked like and it is that it it, it was just really really dyed hair Mm -hmm. really dyed black goatee and hair it was just a little much i'm like just couldn't come back out as Dominic, huh? Old Dom. Yep, you're going to bring it to the table, apparently. Yeah. Well, how about we do that? Let's <laughs> just go to the fucking table. 
Just bring it, bitch! Oh my gosh! Well, I, I, we can't keep people waiting, man. Go ahead, tell me. <laughs> yeah. What do you bring to the table this week? So I was at uh, Wheezy's house the other day. Crosby was there as well. And uh, he just got a new fire stick for his TV out in the season's room, right? You know, where we play darts. So it's just fucking around. And next thing I turn around and NXT's on TV. I'm like, oh, like I haven't watched NXT in forever. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck is wrestling anymore. So this is what we caught. We caught Ivy Nile defeating Kiana James. I don't know who the fuck Kiana James was. I'll be quite honest. As much as I've heard Ivy Nile, I didn't know which one was which. So there was that. <laughs> there was that. Uh, yeah, Yo, you sound like Cornette right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, he ain't on. And I don't know which one was which. <laughs> uh, and then, yes, I got to see the debut of Scripps. I was like, my Wheezy goes, he goes, that dude's going to get his ass kicked. I'm like, no, he's going to win, and he's probably going to win in like two minutes, which is what happened. The the, the uh, ring attire, remember how I said Jeff Jarrett and quite possibly the worst ring attire ever? I think Scripps beat him week one. I think this he beat him week one. looked like... It's like something you make at home. It looked like Blank Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me. What I will say. But it's Reggie. Yeah, motherfucker. I heard you said your name is Reggie. <laughs> oh, my God. So here's the best thing. And it's actually the worst thing. So script. You know, script. Like you're, you're writing, right? It's like writing in cursive. This motherfucker had a two to three minute match. And every 10 seconds, he would write cursive in the air. Like, literally, he had a top rope finisher that was lame. Before he got up to the top rope, he did it. He got to the top, he did it three times, then did the move. It was the worst thing ever. Uh, And the character apparently is based off and inspired by the stalker at the WWE Performance Center. You remember that guy? I do, and that's why they were doing the uh, the video surveillance thing. That makes sense. But that's the guy that was trying to break in there to, to I don't know what. Yep. Uh, at this point, I started talking. I said, well, maybe we'll get lucky and see Nikita Lyons. Uh, Zoe Stark uh, defeated Sol Ruka, and Nikita Lyons ran down for the save, so got to see her at least. And then we saw Pretty Deadly uh, against uh, Andre Chase and Duke Hudson. Uh, I, I've known about Pretty Deadly. I've seen pictures before, but just looking at them, no, I'm all set. This isn't the 1980s. You're not the Rockers. Uh, yeah, uh, NXT is a steaming pile of shit right now. I did get to see a, a Braun Breaker a video promo where he was fishing. So there's that. So it was it was it was cool to watch with non wrestling fans. It was also disappointing that there wasn't one good thing that I could be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. No. Yeah, and they're like, they're seeing it. Is this what you guys talk about on here? <laughs> no, I swear to God, there's actually good shit. <laughs> right. It used to be one of the best promotions ever. <sighs> Ridiculous. Uh, here is what I am bringing to the table this week. You know. I am a fan of certain things. Look at it, and I'm not trying to say, you know, things have to stay the same. I don't like change. But you, you can't have the Royal Rumble without the Royal Rumble match. And you had Survivor Series with not one single 
Survivor Series elimination match. You couldn't even throw one together for the night. Just one. I don't even care if it was all women. Just one. It was weird. Wasn't happy with it. I heard that, you know, Triple H commented on it and saying, you know, it's nothing that's like a, you know, we're trying to revamp things, but just some things, you know, we try to change it up every now and then. I'm I'm not a fan of it. That's personally just me. I don't know about you. I was happy that there was War Games matches, obviously. Um, But I'm not saying that right. How do you say it again? Was that? How do I say War Games? (laughs) But I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of missed the Survivor Series elimination match itself. I was always a fan of it. It gives you a chance to put younger or newer talent over and, you know, uh, just a chance to even get on your pay-per-view or your play, play, P-L-E, play. God, I hate that. All right, yeah. let's go to the Wrestler of the Week. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in the classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. Well, pussies like you were back there partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh, oh! Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? We ask you, brother. You know who I'm talking about when you see what's written there as the professor's wrestler of the week? Um, I bought my first real six string. <laughs> bought it. No, uh, Adam Bomb. Uh, close. Fuck. It is actually Crush. Crush. Yeah. Damn it. Yes. You know, like I said, I want to mix it up every now and then, but it's funny because when I wrote it out there, I'm like, Brian Adams, I'm like, he's going to totally be like, are we talking about the guy that sings Summer of 69? God damn it, you even sang it. But I am talking about Brian Adams, a.k.a. Kona Crush. Crush. He was also American Ninja, Midnight Soldier, and here's one for you if you didn't know this, and we're going to cover it soon. He was the Kiss Demon. In WCW. Oh, yeah. There's a good one for you. But from Kona, Hawaii, he was 6'6", 315 pounds. Uh, passed away, unfortunately, in 2000 and I believe, 7. I, I, or no, I'm, that was wrong. How can I start this already and be that off? I was right. August 2007. Thank you. No one... Thank You're you. welcome. Anyway, so, <laughs> He worked in several wrestling promotions, New Japan in his early part of, the, of his career, as well as the Pacific Northwest Wrestling Promotion, which is also known as PNW. Did some time in WWF early, made his way back to those other promotions, honing in on his craft again and coming back to WWF, and then even went to WCW and ended his wrestling career, for the most part, with WWF. Uh, when he was in New Japan, basically working as himself, just as Brian Adams, but ends up going to Pacific Northwest Wrestling and eventually returns over to New Japan as well. But he is known as the American Ninja. I that I found that to be kind of interesting for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that's something also worked, uh, you know, going back and forth between there and New Japan. But what a lot of people will remember him, his very first stint with WWF came when oops, it came when he was the 
third member of Demolition. Mm -hmm. And as we all remember, they had the Freebird rule basically going with that. It was a way to cover up the end of Axe's career. Smash, you know, eventually turned into the Repo Man. Mm -hmm. So they end up, you know, getting rid of him at, at that time. And, you know, he ends up just going on to PNW again to do another return there. But this time as a face because, well, you're on the main TV. You're on the main WWF show. That's awesome. That's huge. That's big. And so blew up uh, getting back into PNW. But then when he returned to WWF in 1992, he came back as Crush. And he is a mega fan favorite. He's got the long blonde mullet. And he's a kind of a easy surfing Hawaiian kind of guy. And loved it. Everything was like, hey, brother. And his best friend was Macho Man. And I loved his his finishing move was just putting a hand on each side of your <laughs> temple and just crushing the shit out of your head like it's a what are those like a vice grip and it, it was the cranium crunch he had a, a great you know couple of months basically going through having his squash matches even feuds with repo man for a little bit his old tag team partner barry darso and they even have a match at SummerSlam 1992. After that, one of my favorite feuds for some weird reason was Doink versus Crush. Because this was when you had evil Doink. And he had a fake broken arm and hit Crush with it and puts him out of action for a little bit. So they end up having a match at WrestleMania 9 where we have a revealed second identical doink who hits him with another loaded cast. Fantastic stuff. I, <laughs> I loved it. He actually legitimately injures his back during the Stars and Stripes Challenge. As you all remember, that was on the U.S. Intrepid, the big... Uh, USS Intrepid, the big... Who can body slam Andre the Giant Challenge, you know? And then you have, I'll be your hero, with Lex Luger coming in and winning. But, wasn't it Yokozuna? Trying. Say that again? Wasn't it Yokozuna they were trying to body slam? I did say that. You said Andre the Giant. Holy shit. That's <laughs> what I'm here for, man. Sorry. Didn't mean Thank you. Me. Fact checks. Wow, I don't even know how that even came in my head. I. Weird. But Lex Luger did win the challenge, but Crush did actually lift Yoko off the ground a little bit, but he actually did hurt his back. So they write him off TV by having, I think on the Raw or Superstars, directly after this, he takes like a million Yokozuna uh, bonsai bombs, or was it bonsai squash bombs, whatever, and writes him off TV. He comes back and basically aligns himself with Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna. And he gets pissed off. And this is about October of 93. He gets pissed off with Macho Man. You were the one that told me to go challenge him. You were the one that told me to give him the body slam. And this is the infamous Macho Man and or Savage Crush Summit is what they build it as. And this is where... Crush comes back in all black 
And his hair is, you know, still the same, but he has a, a goatee. So, obviously, he's about to be a heel. If you have facial hair, you're probably a bad guy. And he attacks Macho Man and lifts him up high in the air like you're going to do a gorilla press slam and drops him on the barricade where Macho Man, quote-unquote, lacerates his tongue, leading to them having a match at WrestleMania 10. Before we get there, he aligns again, like I said, with Yokozuna and the Foreign Fanatics. They He was a part of the big Survivor Series showdown that they had, but he had a Falls Count Anywhere match with Randy Savage at WrestleMania 10. Macho's basic swan song, because as soon as that was over, he was heading over to WCW. And for Crush, he stayed with Fuji and, you know, stayed through with the WWF till about the end of 95. But the problem is, while he was home, no, I'm sorry, in the middle of 95, my apologies. While he was home, he, well, was arrested and thrown in jail because he was purchasing illegal steroids and other narcotics, as well as an illegal handgun, to which he was, of course, fired, and Todd Pettengill even announced it on WWF Mania. I remembered that. So, if you're an alcoholic, we're going to bring up your drinking demons, like Jeff Hardy. If you were put in jail, as Crush was, how about we make you a convict? (laughs) And we've covered that when he showed up. And he joins the Nation of Domination, and I don't really have to bring up everything that's been going on right now because we have talked about it just recently. Um, And then, of course, making the Disciples of Apocalypse. Now, I had said to you just a couple of weeks ago that a lot of people didn't want to show up to work the next day after the Bret Hart Montreal Screwjob. Right. He was one of them, and that's why when Jeff Jarrett was like, and I'm going to beat crushes ass tonight and it ends up ends up being chains or whoever he said and it was all mixed up but then Kane comes out beats up crush right that just happened right that was our November 24th episode of raw that was it that is crush's last appearance what you just saw when Kane beat the piss out of him just last week that's it so we're on the anniversary of him leaving the WWF Damn. out of, you know, with the fallout in protest of the Montreal Screwjob. So he was written off TV with Kane kicking his ass. So I don't know actually what's about to happen to the Disciples of Apocalypse. But what do you do when you're done working at WWF? Come on, fill in that answer. Yeah, go to WCW. That's right. And if you're a heel and you worked at WWF, you are an automatic shoe-in for which group? <laughs> That would be the NWO. You're goddamn right, Heisenberg. (laughs) Of course he did. And, you know, he had basically the career you thought he would have in WCW, much like all the other guys that were over there, just, you know, a part of the the joyride of getting paid for, you know, guaranteed contracts and just having shit matches on Thunder and Nitro. Eventually aligns himself with, uh, oh my God, I just lost his name, uh, Brian Clark, who is, who you already brought up, Adam Baum. Wrath. So you have 
that was, you know, Brian Clark, and then you have Brian Adams. But Brian Clark is Adam Bomb, and they form the group Chronic. Right before this was the whole Kiss Demon thing, but I really don't want to talk about that. I think that's a really <laughs> shitty part of Crush's career. Uh, and they were a tag team uh, champions there together, Brian Clark and uh, and Brian Adams. Of course, when everybody you know was purchased with WCW, Chronic goes over. They're a part of the Alliance storyline, and they had what was apparently listed as PWI's worst wrestling match of the year in 2001 <laughs> against the Brothers of Destruction. Yikes. And they were released pretty soon after. And, you know, he did a couple of stints with World Wrestling All-Stars and in Japan. And even after, in the, uh, soon thereafter there for uh, 2002. And in 2000, the end of 2002, he was actually scheduled to have his very first boxing match. He was trying to become a professional boxer, but unfortunately uh, got injured and then just pulled out of the fight, and it was never to be. But here's something I bet you you didn't know. Did you know that when Macho Man was making his career as a rapper, Crush was hired as his bodyguard? I uh, know. Did not know that. There it is. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> um, unfortunately, in August of 2007, young, he died at the age of 43. Um, a mix of so many different painkillers and muscle relaxers and drugs that he was on and taking at the time, which unfortunately is a common thing that happens in the wrestling business. And unfortunately, he was one of the people that fell to those demons. I bring Crush into today's, you know, wrestler of the week because I was I was always a fan of him with the the Hawaiian gimmick. It was I for some reason it was a perfect fan favorite thing. He was great. The, the kids loved him. Um, you know, I mean, 93, 94, that was exactly what you needed. Everybody was about to become, you know, plumbers and electricians and tax accountants and shit like that. So, I like that he was just just Crush Hawaiian guy crushing your hand, uh, your head with uh, with his hands. Yeah, he uh, also. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go, yeah, I'm ready. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, also very close friends with the Undertaker and member of the BSK. Absolutely, I appreciate you bringing that up because I that was a part of my championships and accomplishments. Uh, he was in all Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champion with Brian Clark um, in. That PW, uh, PNW League that he was in, uh, he was their heavyweight champion and their tag team champion. Again, you know, not your match of the year candidate kind of guy, but always worked the mid-card for most of the businesses that he worked at. Uh, WCW was a tag team champion with Brian Clark as Chronic twice, and in WWF was the tag team champion one time with Demolition, which... I'm like, I think that he just kind of fell into that, too. He didn't even, like, he just, they're like, by the way, when you start working, you're a champion. Too. <laughs> That's got to be the first time ever. But that being said, what is my favorite crush match that I could tell you to go and watch? I got to be honest, loved him as a powerhouse heel. And just because it was the cap off of their feud, I'm a very big fan of Crush versus Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 10. 
classic falls count anywhere match. It was a weird one where you pin the guy, but you had to return to the ring. And if you did, then the match continued. If you got there within 10 seconds or 30 seconds. Very interesting match. Weird concept they've never done again. Not many people are fans of it. I like it. So that's why it's my professor's match for a newbie fan of Crush. Now, I'm pretty sure we're probably going to be talking about... Nope, nope, never mind. He's not in there. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, well, up, all right, let's go to Mars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? We're going to become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the Battle have been drawn! Degeneration X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day! We got you! It's quite simple. If you're the WCW guys, you're the Patsies. You're walking underneath the Dallas police station like Lee Harvey Oswald. And that's right, the NWO is Jack Ruby with a gunshot to the stomach. So let's go ahead, bring the lamb out to slaughter. Let's bring out the dude that lost to the chick. Let's bring out Disco. And let's get this show on the road. Well, look at him. Look at him. The man there before you has been a prisoner of his life since he was a child. First, to an overbearing overweight father and then to a petite scum sucking gold digger I am the woman that has brought the key to set him free from his living hell he made this choice he chose this From his closet. Get you a woman the way Luna Vachon loves the artist formerly known as Goldust. Oof. Not into S&M? <laughs> I think it's way beyond that, but... Some interesting things already beginning. I forgot how weird this is going to get, and I promise you it's only going to get weirder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm afraid. I can't wait to get to it. So how about we get to well, it? Run it off. <laughs> we'll start with Raw. Uh, this is December 1st, 1997. It's the go-home show for In Your House, Degeneration X. Quick recap at the beginning of Legion of Doom losing their titles. Uh, they were cheated out of it. I was fortunate enough in this episode to see a Confederate flag in the crowd. 
That was awesome. Uh, New Age Outlaws come to the ring. Uh, booze all over the place. LOD chants are massive. You can't, you can, you can almost not hear what Road Dog and uh, Billy Gunn are saying. They cut a great heel promo though. Um, I feel like this is Billy's like first chance to really show his chops. You know, he didn't really say much in the New Age out or the uh, the Outlaws. Smoking guns. Yeah, smoking guns. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. Uh, Road Dog says that Sunday they're going to be wrestling Legion of Doom for their titles, but they're not here tonight because they're home licking their wounds. And then naturally Legion of Doom jump in and, and chase them off, but they're in street clothes and no face paint. That was kind of cool to see. Oh, what a rush. Okay. <laughs> Next I'll we- boo myself out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we get Sunny as our guest ring announcer. My favorite part of this is she kisses a kid at ringside and his buddy or the kid that just happened to be sitting next to him, I think he fucking busted a nut because he was so excited. <laughs> bus, dude. I thought it was a little tiger. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, next, uh, so she's out there to announce the light heavyweight tournament match. It's, it's Agula versus Takamichinuku. Uh, winner is going to the finals at In Your House, and who do you think wins? That would be Taka. Nobody. Yeah, right. Okay, lots to unpack here. Luna comes out with gold gold dust. Um, he's on crutches, and he also has a dog collar with a chain. Also has a ball gag. Gets into the ring on all fours. He has hot pink hair. And for some reason, the maybe Tarantino filmed this episode because we got lots of shots of his dirty-ass feet. All except for the dirty ass feet. Everything that's going on right now, I just call Tuesday night. (laughs) (laughs) Luna starts cutting a promo. Says, Dustin was a slave to an overbearing, overweight father and a petite, cum-sucking gold digger. Now, here's (laughs) the thing. Hang on. I am so glad that you just said that wording. I rewound it. Easily six times I go she's got to be saying something other than that And I go nope she literally Is saying that I think she said scum But she hid that ass pretty Good she held that She had yeah no I did the same thing six seven times Straight up I I had it turned up really loud (laughs) Yeah I, I my eyes closed Like pushing the headphones into my ear Like okay just listen just listen yeah, dude. Eyes closed, because it'll help you hear better. Yeah, man, no distractions. you got to show off your senses. Is that like when you're driving, you have you to turn, turn down the, the music, the music down so you can see where you're going? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you got to be able to concentrate, man. But yeah, that's what she said. Uh, she does refer to him, as you probably heard uh, in the intro clip, the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. Uh, King starts talking about Vader, because uh, he wants to beat his ass to get revenge. And then... They start making out. And um, my favorite lines, Cornette, can someone spike my Kool-Aid, please? Jim, <laughs> Jim Ross, my mama just fainted in Oklahoma. Jim Cornette, this interview is illegal in 27 states. <laughs> and again, that little kid at ringside busted another nut. <laughs> That's too bad that can't be the episode name. Oh my god, it'd be great with the picture. 
It's better than busting a nut. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, that's what we could call it. This episode is illegal in 27 states. Um, all right. Next we get DOA versus the nation. I'm sorry. It's Chains versus D'Lo versus Miguel Perez versus Recon in a four-corner elimination match. Corn- uh, JR mentions, uh, when you see The Rock, you'll see Austin. Cornette said, Rocky's got to be so- as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> I don't know what that means, man. I love the cat. Okay. Figure it out. I'm walking over to her like a rooster with an itch. <laughs> he is headstrong and cocksure. Or is it the other way around? <laughs> and we're off the rails. Uh, this turns into a brawl, as you probably expected. Really not a lot to talk about there. Um, another one of the favorite DX segments. Uh, they, they come just to the top of the ramp. Shawn Michaels is in a wheelchair. Him and Triple H have blow pops. Cornette says, maybe he sprained his giblet on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I cannot stress how much I love Cornette on commentary, and it's not going to last much longer. Like, I know. It sucks. Like, Because as you recall, like, all right, we're heading into 98, and you hear uh, Jim Ross screaming Austin's name and the Tyson shit, all that stuff. So I'm like... Uh, this is short-lived, it and is. I'm loving Jim Cornette. It's like almost Bobby Heenan being on commentary. Pretty much, yeah. No, it's great. Um, all right, so basically the blow pops is because they played Anvil for a sucker. You get it. Triple H is going to be facing Anvil tonight. They cut a promo on both Anvil and Slaughter. Triple H says he's going to bring the Oh, because pos- they have suckers in their mouths. Yeah, get it? Yeah, yeah I guess. Uh Triple H says he's going to bring the big bazooka for Slaughter's wife. Cornette says, I thought he was going to bring a pop gun. Fucking Cornette. Uh, Shawn Michaels says he's in a wheelchair because of the rigorous training China's put him through. Calling out Shamrock said he's been training to guard against the ankle lock. He wants Triple H to show the people his pain tolerance. So this is the gimmick where he grabs the foot and he just spins it all the way around. 360 degrees. Well, at first he plays it. He goes, yeah. how about this? He goes, it's okay. And he, like, just like how you would do any other foot. But then all of a sudden he brings it to, like, completely upside down. <laughs> and then a, a couple more turns. I laughed. I was like, ha, got me then and it got me now. I think this is funny. <laughs> right. I, I, like I said, one of my favorites. So, cool to see it. Hour two starts off with a recap of The Rock stealing the Intercontinental Championship. Opens up with The Rock versus Vader. Uh, he's still announced as Rocky Maya via commentary is calling him The Rock, though. Uh, again, The Rock says it's a non-title match. Austin drives his branded truck into the arena. And this is where I'm going to look to you. Because there was music playing all through the match. And I am guessing that the music I was listening to on the Pecock was not the music that actually played when he did this. So can you please tell me what song was playing? Uh, no. Okay. Maybe. Back in Black, ACDC. Was it Back in Black? Yep. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, because it was completely generic music on the Peacock, so. I love when you hear the generic music. Boom, boom, bang, bing, 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 yeah, bing. It, It's like, no one's ever heard this song, ever. Yeah, right. So, uh, Rock Power's into the Hey, crop. I do have to bring something up. Okay. 
Uh, it's partially about Raw, but also partially about today wrestling. While I was watching, all right, I'm going to give a little bit of credit to Simon Miller. Why? Here's why. Because he did a list about things that WWE does to their fans and makes them feel stupid. One of the major things is with Killing Time, your replays. Now you just mentioned about the replay of The Rock stealing the championship. That one's fine, but while I was playing that that gig at the bar, I watched Becky Lynch show up live, and I shit you not, I watched her, the replay, on that SmackDown easily seven fucking times. Jeez. It's ridiculous, man. Like... If you can't fill the time, drop to, to whatever hours you need to do, like whether it's three to two or two to one. Just way too many. Don't treat us like we're idiots. We watched it. We were there. Pretty much. No disagreements here. So, uh, but it, we're seeing it also. You also, I'm saying you see it a lot even right now in the Monday Night Wars. We're watching, like, they, we're getting a recap of what just happened right as we left the break. It, it, they keep doing it, and that, it's something that's bothered me all my life, and I just had to throw that in there now. So, uh, all right, let's move on. Let's see if that kid has a uh, hat trick of busting nuts. I don't think so. I think we're done with that kid. He's probably, <laughs> done, probably done with himself at this point. He's probably falling asleep. Yeah, basically what happens is... Uh, <laughs> He's sucking his thumb. <laughs> yikes. Gold dust attacks Vader while the ref's destroyed. No, I was kind of thinking about... Remember in Boomerang? After, he's like, I'm going to just suck my thumb. I'm going to go to sleep. All right, I'm gonna... <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, deep Too pull. Weird. All right, go ahead. Deep pull. Vader chases Goldust to the back. Uh, it's a count out. Rocky retains. Austin gives him the birds. Next, I'm confused. Uh, Scott Taylor versus Brian Christopher. It's the other semifinal for the light heavyweight tournament. Scott gets announced, and then Kane, Kane's music hits. Comes out. Chokeslam Tombstone. And Bear cuts a promo on Taker saying the carnage is going to continue until you face Kane. So I guess this means that Christopher wins? Mm-hmm. Pretty never, much. Yeah, they never really got one anywhere with that, but okay. Because uh, you just said this is what? The go-home show for DX, or the, the Degeneration X pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yep. why, why would the we... finals is taking place. So yeah. <laughs> I think that Kane just eliminated one of them, and they're like, well, that's it. Yeah, I guess that's the way to do it. The carnage will continue, Undertaker! <laughs> Next we get Ahmed versus Jeff Jarrett. Uh, they show video of, uh, or a picture of Ahmed flipping his rental car a week ago. That was fucked up. <clears throat> Jeff Jarrett gets on the ramp, says his debut won't happen tonight. Ahmed calls him chicken shit. Slaughter comes out and says, your contract says you don't have to wrestle, but that's going to change Sunday. I found a top-notch opponent. You're going to wrestle him, or I will suspend you. That opponent is The Undertaker. And Jeff Jarrett is saying to Ahmed, he's like, I left this federation because of guys like you. <laughs> oh, no. He said, because of, you're one of, he said you're one of the guys that I left because of. Yeah. He, that's, that's true. Yeah. He, I mean, um, he called him out. I you think, know. Yeah. I cannot remember 100% who... I just read the interview, and I'm not trying to be Meltzer over here reporting something, but what I do remember reading just recently is that 
Ahmed Johnson got his ass handed to him backstage by D'Lo Brown at one point. Like, cause he's, he was all muscle, like injected implants into himself, make himself look big. And this guy couldn't fight for shit. And D'Lo Brown beat the piss out of him backstage. Hmm. Yep. Can't remember who I read that. I'll, I I may have to relook it up and then I'll uh, maybe report it next week. I probably won't because of chicken nuggets. But I'm just saying that it's really funny when you see this. You know, someone like Jeff Har- uh, Jeff Jarrett being like, "I left because of y- you and other guys." Because yeah, you're just a, a steroid jacked up guy who can't fucking you know. It's like his Mongo promo, right? The a guy who can't even lock up. Ahmed's really not that far away from that. Yeah, I mean, he certainly isn't known for his uh, in-ring work. Like I said, he used to hit a nice spine buster. That went bye-bye a long time ago. He did have a really, really good lead on some Prozac. (laughs) (laughs) He he had that about him, at least. There you go. Let me tell you something, Vince. I don't take it anymore. Eh? Yeah. Let me tell you, there are certain things of the Monday Night Wars that I'm so glad that we have relived. The Ken Shamrock, I don't know you, the Prozac. <laughs> there certain ones I'm like, I am so glad that we are redoing this because these are things that if I didn't know happened or I didn't remember seeing again, I'm like, oh, I would have been sad not knowing it because fantastic. Good stuff. You know what's not good stuff? Just like a million recaps. When you got a non-title tag match, uh, and there's interference, a DQ, and the outlaws just run to their car again and take off. Didn't get caught off by a limo this time, though. So I was going to say, no interfering traffic this time. All right, next we get Cornette in the ring for an interview, which is nice. It's with Marrow. Uh, Sable's there as well. Saber's in a boxing robe, and she has the, the, uh, the punching mitts uh, that they use for training. Uh, Cornette's putting over Marrow. Uh, which is hilarious because I actually just heard an episode where he was talking about Mark Mary. Yeah, he's a nice enough guy. You know, he could work, but he was Johnny B. Bad. That was his gimmick. And, um, yeah, they brought him up to WWF and didn't know what the fuck to do with him, and his wife was more over than he was. He ended up carrying her bag. So it's not like he shit on him, but he was like, yeah, he fucking didn't draw a dick. So I got to be honest with you. You, I don't even have, he'll never be a wrestler of the week because you just summed everything up, man. Yeah. Um, I liked him as Johnny B. Bad. Mm-hmm. When he came in as Mark Marrow, okay, different name, same gimmick. I could, I can get on board with it. I liked him as the Intercontinental Champion, but, you know, they, again, they didn't know what to do with him. And they're like, oh, I used to box. All right, well, let's go with that. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Good thing he wasn't around during the Brawl for All. Or was he? I don't even know. Maybe he is. He was, yeah. We'll find out. He was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Cornette says, you know, you know, all that aside, WWF doesn't care if you turn blue or drop dead. Sable's the star of the show, which is what we just talked about. Mero asks Sable if she's done any of the things that he's done. Have you ever defended the IC title? Have you ever done this? Have you ever done a moonsault? Uh, the crowd starts chanting Sable. You can't hear what Mero's saying. He says that she's his property. Uh, Mero's going to be facing Butterbeat in your house. Asks Sable to disrobe him for the exhibition. Shows off his physique. Does some combinations on the uh, on the mitts. The mitts actually have pictures of Butterbean on them. 
He hits one of the mitts so hard it goes flying off Sable's hand, yells at her to pick it up, runs her down, and tells her to leave. And she runs to the back in tears. Domestic violence at its best, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Uh, all right, a couple questions to this. Or not questions. One is a statement. The other one is a question. First is the statement, I actually didn't know that Butterbean has done more than one WWF pay-per-view. I always thought it was just knocking out Bart Gunn at WrestleMania 15. <laughs> I never, I, I guess I this part, I, I know for sure I didn't watch this pay-per-view. Right. I never have. This is going to be a first. So I'm kind of excited about it. Um, But it's funny because I have no idea how it ends. I'm sure the outcome is not in Marrow's favor. But the question I want to bring up is, can you do me a favor? Pretend to be Mark Marrow. Could you imagine being him and Vince going, listen, pal, your wife is way over more than you are, and you are going to go out there. And as people chant their name, you're going to be like, she hasn't done a mood salt. She hasn't done this. She, and, and shitting on her. And, and also bringing a lot of domestic violence to the, the table here. on the. How weird is that? Yep. And you got to be like, oh, oh, job's on the line. I'm losing my wife, my life, my company, my, or my, uh, my employment. Guy was kind of screwed from pretty much right here on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't get much better from here, uh, considering Sable slams him at one point. Oh, not even a... Did you say slams? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she power bombs his ass. Oh, was it a power bomb? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Solid. Yikes. Anyway. I feel bad for him, but you know what's crazy is that he's a motivational speaker nowadays. Oh, is he? Yeah. You should look into that. I will, we'll bring it up in our time. Let's not go down the road too much. But, All right. Um, I will say, Mero, Johnny B. Bad, always a mega fan of who he was in WCW. I loved the character. Definitely. Um, it was like Little Richard yeah. is a wrestler. Pretty much. Yep. I fucking loved it. it and worked. then, yeah, WWF fucked him up. All right, well, anyway, so let's get on with the uh, domestic violence. Uh, speaking of WWF fucking stuff up, uh, they show a video of the end of Survivor Series uh, with Brett breaking the hold and spitting on Vince and destroying shit. They'd been showing it all throughout the uh, episode, but, yeah, they do that. So, main event, uh, Triple H versus Anvil. What do you think happens? Triple H wins with interference. They spray WCW on his back, handcuff him to the rope. Slaughter runs in, immediately got knocked on his ass. Shamrock comes in, locks in the ankle lock on Shawn Michaels. Slaughter gets the Cobra Clutch on Triple H, and that's how we go off the air. Not not a bad way to end. No, I um I, I liked it, and it it's funny because as you were just speaking, it just occurred to me. You haven't watched DX yet, right? The uh, pay per view in your house? No, not yet. Correct. Same, and I think I'm just now predicting what's going to happen in my head. I'm not sure if I should say it out loud or not. Okay. Like, do you want me to or no? Well, yeah, it's might as like well. We're giving away, like, yeah. it's not like we're spoiling anything. No. Um, is it at DX? Is Owen showing up there? Uh, I believe so. 
Mm, okay, I'm like, because it makes perfect sense to completely shit all over Neidhart if the goal is having Owen show up at the, the DX pay-per-view. I got to be honest, if there was ever a time I was so excited to see him because I was a very big Bret Hart fan. I was like, yeah, his little shitty-ass brother, man. Screw him. <laughs> you know? Uh, in the feud of things. You know, when I was a kid, during all that stuff. But, man, right. uh when he returned, I was like, please take the title from, from Michaels. I thought it was actually going to possibly happen. Yeah, unfortunately. But we'll get into all that. But, yes, that is the way to end Raw. Now let's talk about Nitro. Uh, I guess. All right. Starts off of the uh, exchange between Zabisco and Bischoff last week. They're going to fight at Starcade. Gene's in the ring, calls Bischoff to the ring. Bischoff says, unfortunately, there's no piece of paper with my name on it saying that I'm going to wrestle anyone. Um, Larry is on commentary. He's in a suit. He's wearing a suit jacket with a printed shirt. The print on the shirt is a bunch of Casio watches. I've never seen anything like it. Did you get dressed in the dark? Apparently. Bischoff says he's... Speaking of getting dressed in the dark... And talking about our logo, does Tiger always dress like uh, Silent Bob? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. He does wear the I hat. wanted to ask that a long time ago, but, <laughs> you know, that just perfectly made me think about that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bischoff says he's only going to face Abisco if he puts Nitro on the line, and he can't do that. So there you go. Next, we get our first match of the night. It's Juventud Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Rey wins. Uh, Eddie's on commentary for this one, which is pretty cool. He didn't say a whole lot, but, you know, nice to hear him on there. Next, you get Wrath versus Hugh Morris. Don't wait. I, you okay. can't just force it. You can't force a joke, I just man. want it out of the way. Raven and Flight. I, you don't know. Hang on. You know what, though? <laughs> Maybe if never mind. I just it, yeah. it's too easy. Just okay. go. Raven and the flock jump the rail, they surround the ring. Uh Mortis, <laughs> Mortis puts the chain on his boot like he's done before, causes a ref distraction. Uh but Hugh Morris ducks, kicks for he ends up kicking Wrath in the head by mistake. Hugh Morris decides to hit a moonsault after that anyway for the hell of it, uh, and gets the win. Sure did. Hogan and Bischoff to the ring. Uh, Hogan's promo, I, you know, I didn't listen to a lot of it just because I'm tired of hearing him say the same shit over and over. He did make a good point, though. He's like, you know, I'm here every week, brother. Sting, you're always hiding. It's kind of true. I he mean, didn't make a good point. I, hey, listen, Hogan. He, just, he was gone from the show for like fucking six weeks. Well, he was filming a movie. Okay, but don't say I'm here every week. Well, he has been lately. Hey, I'm just saying. Like That's like saying, boss, I'm always on time to work. Yo, three weeks ago, you were late four days in a row. But this week, I'm here and I'm on time, boss. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's a healish thing to say. I liked it. Not as much as I liked the next part. Hogan's getting fired up. Everybody's wearing sting masks. Hogan goes to the floor. And he gets in the face of an old lady. And I mean old lady who's got a sting mask. He knocks it out of her hand. This old lady takes a swipe at him. That had to be somebody's mom. I was going to say, there's no way. No way. 
that was just one old lady randomly in the end of 1997 that still had some southern territory shit (laughs) wrestling style (laughs) belief in her system because she was all but spitting at him yeah she was swinging at him oh my god it was awesome this is somebody's grandma. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. The best part was Hogan cocked back like he was going to hit her. <laughs> Yo, that was hysterical, but she also didn't even fucking flinch. Yeah, I, I was like, I want to see where this goes. It was awesome. It was fucking awesome. I loved every minute it of it. It likely was like it, like Nash's grandma, Bischoff, someone, yeah. man. Someone's back there. I mean, we know it wasn't Judy Bagwell. We've seen her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be seeing her too soon. Uh, next, you get Eugene Agata versus too soon. Yeah, Eugene Agata versus Prince Ayukea. Ayukea wins. Interesting. They've been pushing Nagata a lot, and he loses to Ayukea. All right. Next, faces of fear versus Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat gets the win on a roll up, but uh, God, and I don't remember. So, Barbarian gets rolled up while Mang has the death grip on somebody else. Booker T gets one of those wooden chairs with the slats. Mang punches through one of the slats on the chair, and while his arm is through the chair, locks on the Tongan death grip. It was fucking... It was... Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. How is that shot not shown more when people talk about WCW, Mang? Like, all you ever get is your Goldbergs, your this, your that... You don't show enough of that kind of stuff, man. Ming was your warrior. Uh, now, I mean, like, uh, the ultimate warrior, no pun intended like that. I'm saying, like, that your strong man in the fucking division or in your whole promotion, you should have showed a lot more. Even WWF doesn't show enough of him to this date when you talk about WCW. Absolutely. Uh, and then also at the end of the match, uh, Jacqueline is strangling Jimmy Hart on the floor. Uh, fucking hilarious. Next, Scott Holliver's Disco Maggot. Nash calls Disco the dude that lost to a chick. I loved it. <laughs> uh, naturally, as you'd expect, Scott Hall wins. Uh, I love that Nash starts getting into the ring after he hits the razor's edge, but before he even gets to the three count. He just gets in the ring like, yeah, you got this. <laughs> little side note to this one. What's that? Since that was a part of the sound clips that you heard. Mm-hmm. You know, Nash saying that. Uh, where I, but just whatever. Um, th- there, there's some comments and people are like, Disco Inferno was way underrated. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't think people understood really wrestling back then. I don't know. I, what? Because he, he was basically, um, what's his name from Saturday Night Fever? Uh, it's Travolta, but whatever his uh, Tony Montana, Tony Monero. Okay. Yeah, that's all he was. He was just Tony. Dude, Norman Smiley was better than he was. Oh Jesus, dude! And again, which makes me laugh every time. Disco Glenn Gilberty Inferno. Puts a tweet out and says, today's wrestling doesn't have this or that. There's no story, this, that, blah, 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 my time. Fuck you and your time. It's, you know, 
I, I think I've, I've asked you this before. Have you watched Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? A long time ago. There's a part where Pacino's losing his mind on Kevin Spacey. And there's a part where he's like, whoever you know, whoever's dick you're sucking, you're going down. And it, it's kind of like, yo, whoever Disco was sucking off backstage, whatever it was, I, I don't know how the hell he was ever a gimmick and was able to keep going weekly on TV. No one liked him, ever. No. Maybe no. I'm wrong. If you're listening to the show and you know that you were absolutely a Disco Inferno fan, let me know. Tell me I'm tell me I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure not one fan was like, "God damn, I bought a ticket here tonight to see Disco Inferno." Yeah, no, the the chicks. That was about it. Yeah, well, he lost to a chick, just like Nash said. Well, Let's there move you on. go. There you go. Hour two. Yet Mean Gene on the ramp with JJ Dillon. Ask about Bischoff saying he doesn't have a match and if they would put WCW on the line. Dylan says there is somebody that can put WCW on the line, and that's me. And I'm going to. The match is going to happen. Bischoff comes storming out, not happy. Dylan is loving it. He's selling it. Uh, Bischoff is actually at a loss for words. He can't get a word in edgewise. Just stammers off. Good segment. Next match, Psychosis versus Ultimate Dragon. Dragon wins. Not much to say. It's another cruiserweight match. I'm like every lucha cruiserweight match that happens weekly. I yep, mean, pretty much. Unfortunately, they they're just thrown in there as a no storyline, nothing other than just a, a wrestling match attraction until we get to the next promo. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, next, you get Chris Benoit versus Raven again. Raven cuts a promo from the front row. You know, I fight when I want, who I want. Not tonight, Benoit Kidman. Go take care of him. Uh, Kidman does this shooting star press from the apron to the floor. Nasty. It looked sick. Boy. No. Oh, um, I think I get it. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Seven year itch. Got it. Benoit wins. Ben, man, God damn. Benoit is just a, a, okay. Different word. Uh, He's a beast, man. I want to know what word you're going to use. He he lays he lays his shit in. I'll say that much. He lays his shit in. Uh, ben what Wa- was the original thing you were going to say? <laughs> I was going to call him a killer. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, every time he's in the ring, he kills it. He like he just straight up murders everybody that he's against. Yikes! Did I go too far? No, no, no. I would have done it if you didn't. Uh, ben Wacklin's house. Okay. Raven ends up hitting a DDT. And he laid Bibles next to him. Okay, that was too far. (laughs) That was way too far. Jesus. Okay. Man, you're trying to catch up to me here? Fuck. Um, Did you remember your Owen Hart thing last week? (laughs) Next, you get Buff versus Luger. Uh, The old lady's back. She actually tries to go after Bagwell once in the match. It was great. Uh, Luger and it ends up being a DQ uh, interference from Vincent. Uh, Luger racks both of them. Not much to go over. Main event time. Kurt Hennig. Man, Hennig has been defending his U.S. title every main event for like the last month. He went from all over the place, running from state to state, defending the United States title. That was Kurt Hennig. <laughs> Everywhere he was going, he was wrestling. 
Did you uh did you notice that Randy Anderson took a phantom eye gouge during this match? Yes. <laughs> what the fuck happened there? Even commentary is like, uh okay. They're like, maybe a I think a fly got in his eye. <laughs> he was selling it like he got punched. <laughs> Rude comes to interfere. DDP hits the cutter. Rude pulls the ref out at two, throws him to the ground. NWO swarms. Macho hits DDP with the title. Hogan puts on a sting mask and hits a cutter on the title. Good night, folks. I gotta say, I may not have ever called it out, but keep this trend going. I like it. I know the trend. I got it. How you end Nitro. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have to. It's just... It's so funny. Like, just It brings me back to the first time that they actually did it. It was like so much chaos going, Good night, folks! <laughs> what? What? Huh? what? It's... Good night, I loved folks. it, and it's, they just, it's WCW style. Let's see where it takes them. Bold, bold move. You know it's not a bold move? Drugs. Segways, but hey, we're going to be talking about Jake the Snake Roberts in this next segment. I love the picture of Buffalo completely under snow. And Iron Sheik tweeted, it looks like Jake the Snake Roberts' house. Jesus. All right. Not a way to talk about this next movie. All right. Have you, ODM, watched, or even you, our listeners, watched The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts? I watched it Saturday evening. I love it. I just watched it for my second time. Take the reins. I would love for you to talk about this. Uh, I think a very hidden gem that, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you'll enjoy to watch. Um, It's just, I think, a well-put-together movie slash documentary so take away i think you nailed it right there you could make these people not wrestlers and the story remains the same it's all about redemption it's about dealing with your demons it's about you know people being there that care to help you through that journey um man it was depressing uh it was sad uh but again there is redemption in it uh it's filmed really well ddp really is I mean, if he if he is in any way a scumbag, it would come as a surprise to me because this dude just seems like a cool guy. Like, he really cares about a lot of people. Uh, and the cool thing was... I don't think Jake... he's ever going to get me too <laughs> You never know. <laughs> well, even if he does, I'm going to be like, ah, look at we did for, you know, DD, er, for Jake the Snake, Scott Hall, Buff Bagwell. Yeah, so, I mean... Again, you know, the, the, the quality of the documentary was really well done. Um, and he really didn't even hawk DDPY that much. They brought it up that that's what they were doing, but he didn't, you know, they all wore shirts pretty much that said it on it, but he wasn't shilling it, you know. Um, there was a couple relapses, 
uh, and and watching them just be real with each other, like you know, Dallas oh, the parking lot scene is so yeah. real, right? Or when Jake tries to get out of the car, he's got no shoes on. Right. He was at the airport bar drinking. He kept changing how many beers he had. Um, you know, it was really sad just seeing him trying to do you know the workouts initially, and then. You know, you know, all of his injuries coming to light, uh, the fact that he needed shoulder surgery. So that's the thing. That's another part. He's doing the DDPY, and in the middle of it, his fucking shoulder blows out. And he's got no insurance. So they fucking set up a crowdfund and say they almost hit it within one day. Um, being reunited with Which his Which brought him to tears to yeah. see how many people cared about jake roberts the wrestler the character the man all of it and again you know they don't really hit a whole lot on it in this the way they do like dark side of the ring but you know his demons go all the way back with his father his Mm -hmm. family all the stuff we've covered before here so you know for him to see how many people really cared about him it was a cool motivational thing um just to see that they captured yeah, and then, you know, there's, you know, and then Scott Hall comes into the picture. They, you know, uh, they they call him up, and he, he answers the phone. He's like, what? We've talked about this before. What? This exact, uh, this exact uh, phone call, I think, when Scott passed away, I think. Probably, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was brutal, and especially to see him, like, you know, he couldn't even fucking walk. He had to get picked up in a wheelchair. Um, you know, and that's the, that's in just to you know if you maybe didn't catch our Scott Hall episode, that's the one where he's like, "I'm drinking vodka for breakfast every day. Yep, I, I want to die." And and Jake is like, "Brother, we don't need that man. Come over here. We're gonna take care of you at this crib." And um, it, God, like it, I swear to God, re-watching it. That part right there tears me up every time. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough. It's, it was so, but like, it's, it's childhood heroes. And then especially, you know, the, the man, you remember when we put you over in New Orleans that night? Yeah. Yeah. We watched it. We just watched it. it. Yup. And, and. DDP, honest to God, you know, I made, we made I made the joke a second ago. He'll never be me too. But like, he's a guy. If I ever had the chance to meet any wrestler in my life, top five, maybe even top three, I'd love to shake that dude's hand. And be like, you have done some amazing things for some people that no other wrestler ever turned and did their life for like the way that he did especially for a guy that started his wrestling career so late. Right. Just overall, everything, um, it just, I have probably more respect for him as, than any other guy in this business, to be honest with you. Definitely. Uh, you know, again, yeah, he's just one of those stand-up guys, you know. Um, mean Gene was in this, which was cool. It was cool to see Mean mm-hmm. Gene. Um, you know, one of my favorite parts was when they uh, he gets Jake gets invited, you know, because his whole thing is he wants to do the rumble, which you know doesn't work out. But they do bring him back for was it old school Raw? Yep. So you know they had everybody during the episode come out, and it was like Slaughter. I think Steamboat was there. 
Uh, you know, they had a bunch of people out. Uh, and uh, who was it? Uh, DiBiase was there, and somebody's told him to stick around for the main event, and he didn't. So it was the Shield in the ring with, I don't remember who was in there with him. CM Punk. Fuck, it was CM Punk. It was. And uh, somebody else, and fucking Jake the Snake comes out. The crowd pops. Uh, he breaks out the snake. Uh, cool as shit. Cool as shit. So, uh, later in the episode. And actually, Moxley, Dean Ambrose, mm. kind of breaks character. As the snake's rolling over his body and his yeah. face, he <laughs> just fucking cracks a smile. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's like he was laughing because the thing was over his body and it was tickling him in a way, or if he was just like, you know, I grew up watching this guy and this guy's snakes are rolling all over my body. is the coolest shit in the world. Right. Yeah. I always loved that part. That was the way they went off the air for that old school Raw. I love that one. Yeah. No, it was fucking awesome to see. And then he goes to talk to the, to Dallas and I forget, you know, he's, he's, he's saying, yeah, that doesn't sound like I'm going to be in the rumble or this and that and everything. He's like, uh, oh yeah, by the way, I made the Hall of Fame. And he fucking, he totally pulled one over on, on Dallas. That was great to see. the And uh, same year, Hall gets nominated. So, yeah, and that's where you get the famous speech, you know, and that's kind of how they end the movie. They they play his speech, you know, kind of showing everybody. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's definitely, uh, it's not tough to watch, but, you know, it, it, it is tough. I mean, because I think, you know, everybody can relate to some of that shit in one way or another. You know, like I said, this, this I think isn't... about probably, I mean, I, I'm not even just, this is a guess. All right, man. But 70, 75% of Americans, let's say, oh, yeah. I deal with an addiction issue of some form. Sure. You know, TV in, you know, I mean, it could be anything. Anything. Yeah, exactly. And it, and so that's why it is kind of a rough watch, but it's also a great miracle story. We see Jake Roberts while we were. You know, for quite some time on AEW now, not as much anymore. But when he showed up, we're like, oh, my God. Remember his promo? You don't turn oh, your God. back on anybody that you respect and then just walked away from. It was fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it, my point is that he is here. He's still alive. When you watch this movie, mm-hmm. he was seconds away from death. And so was Scott Hall. And. You know, yes, okay, unfortunately, Hall's not here anymore, but Hall got another solid, I think, 10 years easily after that movie. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it's great watch if you have not watched The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. We both highly recommend it as a wrestling fan or just as someone who needs to see just a good triumphant story. This is a good one. That being said, enough of the teary, mushy bullshit. I know, right? We're going to fucking be back next week. (laughs) We'll be back, of course, as always, next week. We have a top topic, and I cannot wait to cover it. I've been waiting for the day that I've been able to finally talk about it. We are covering the top video games in wrestling history. So any pro wrestling video game, we will be chatting up as well as continuing the Monday Night Wars, talking about the In Your House D-Generation X pay-per-view. We'll be talking about anything that may or may not have happened this past... Well, not may not have, because that'd be stupid to talk about. You know what didn't happen this week? 
All right, we'll be talking about news, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the professor, Mark Fantasia. I bid you a farewell. He is the IFW Wrestling League champion, ODM. And if you listen to this show weekly, which we know you probably already do, he leaves you with five words. Time to bust a nut. <laughs> I couldn't even hold my laughter. I swear to God. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are the Professor Mark Fantasia and ODM Joe Rizzo with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. All right, good shit. Yeah, flew through that. <clears throat> Do you, uh, obviously, you want to take a quick one? Yeah, I'll call you back. Vinny just got back from his first wrestling practice. Uh, so. Like high school wrestling? or Well, he's indie? in middle, middle school, but yeah. <laughs> like so. be backyard wrestling at that age. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Real wrestling. <laughs> Is he the one that came in and goes, hello? Yeah. <laughs> he apologized profusely <laughs> for it. That's why I got up for a second, but then, of course, you heard the dog in the background, so maybe we can mute that part out or something. I don't know. We're Sorry good. about that. I, I laughed at it. I was I was trying to keep rolling, though, and you talking, did. but I was like, you did. who the hell was that? <laughs>